0: Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah!
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope we don't sound like we've lost our minds. <laughs> I hope the episode's gonna sound like we're, we're going too quickly through this story. Just with scheduling, or having to cover, uh, record <laughs> all of our The Dead episodes in one day, because, you know, summertime's here, people are going out of town. Yeah. Uh... And we're just wanting to make sure we don't miss an episode on these coming weeks yeah. because this third season is a big, bulky season. We want you guys to have something in your ears every Wednesday. Yeah, right in so. your ear holes. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you're sticking with us uh, <laughs> through the dead because it's a fucking amazing storyline. Yeah. It's made us not only loving what it currently is, Kate, but it's making me absolutely even more. It's the rare thing where I'm like, Oh, I read the first one. I got excited. It feels like they're just making me even more excited and full of enthusiasm for what's to come with Guy Davis and now John Arcudi's run.
0: Yeah. It's like, so it's like this stands alone as great, but it also makes me be like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see like where this goes. Can't wait to learn more about uh, like Daimyo. It's the same as like, I guess like how people's response to Lobster Johnson was huge. Like I can see why people love this character right away. He's like badass and funny and like just cool. So I, I just can't wait to see more about these characters. I'm with you on that. A hundred percent. Hell yeah. Uh, but before
1: we get to the final fifth chapter of the dead, we got, oh boy, email. <laughs>
0: this is a real
1: funny email. From a new emailer, Joshua Brooke. Um, Thank you for emailing us. Yeah, welcome to emailing us. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to Oh Boy email (laughs) segment. Uh, His email is titled Hellboy's Accent and Nationality. Three question marks. Yeah. He says, hey guys, Josh from UK here. Awesome. He's from West. Oh, nice. He says, West Yorkshire specifically. Cool. I've never been to the UK. West
0: Yorkshire is the most... English name, I could think. Or wait, is he from England or from UK? Okay. He says UK, but he, West, that could be anywhere in the UK. Yeah, I don't right? know. He
1: says West Works. I've never been to the UK or England or anywhere near that area. Yeah, so cool. What's, wait, what West, is it called? You're looking up. what Kate's okay, Google it. West West Yorkshire. He he says Yorkshire, but I think he left the R out. But you know, that's okay. I, I make bigger typos of England. There you go. He's in England. I knew it the whole time. She knew it the whole time. a <laughs> geography buff. <laughs> he says, great podcast and great to hear other enthusiasm for the world of Hellboy. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening. We, we love this stuff. At time of writing this, I'm a bit late in the game. Currently listening to the Baba Yaga episode. Hey. We don't consider late in the game. Yeah. You can start at any point. We love you for listening. I
0: mean, we're late to this game. All these yeah. these episodes came out 20 years ago. So, yeah. our issues, <laughs> issues. Oh my god, I keep calling them episodes. That's okay. These issues came out 20 years yeah, ago. We're, we're catching
1: up. I love Hellboy and I'm now finally reading BPRD. Yeah. A lot of listeners are saying A little late to the game, dude. (laughs) And you consider yourself a fan? (laughs) Yes. Mm. (laughs) And trying to catch up. That's what he says, and trying to catch up. Anyway, my question to you guys is, what accent do you think Hellboy has? And what nationality does he identify as, if any? He was raised by an English-accented father figure on an American army base. But I assume his formal education was given by Broom. In my head, he would pronounce certain words in an English style, Uh, uh, aluminum, so I think that's like- Aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah, instead of of aluminum,
0: they say aluminum. I didn't know that. And they say like garage instead of garage. I've heard the garage. Yeah. You know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You're killing it over there. I just remember
0: that from going, like, I went like years ago to London and I remember somebody saying it like that and being like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. All right. Yeah,
1: I'll clock that.
0: Not being like, "Whoa, weird!" <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, "Oh man, that's pretty different." <laughs> the idea
1: of you doing that, just in a, a slight exaggeration, like a slight difference in pronunciation, you would going that exaggerated. Yeah,
0: was, what? Holy <laughs> shit! This place is w- 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 weird. the whole time. I was just like, "Don't look like a stupid American." The whole time.
1: <laughs> that's how I felt to when myself I was in Spain. Yeah, dude. Like, I probably Spain was the most reserved I've ever been when I was there alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't. Not
0: that I'm over here like shooting a gun in the air like Yosemite Sam or some shit, but like you know what I mean. Like I just didn't. I was trying to be polite as hell and just yeah. not make a fool of myself.
1: That's how I was in Spain, and I remember like one of the nights I was out in a Sevilla, I think is the town I was at. Mm-hmm. There, I rolled up on like an American group of like either high schoolers or college kids, and they were being yeah. so fucking loud in like this plaza, and everybody you could just tell everyone's like.
0: We know where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. You like want to go up to him and be like, come on, you're really fucking this up for us as a nation. <laughs> we already, we already have issues. Yeah. Nobody likes this right now. Okay. Or yeah. right now for the last, you know, however long. Yeah, I don't exactly.
1: Then he continues. He says, I think he possibly has a more British accent when being formal and polite, but a more gruff American accent learned from the soldiers on the army bases. That's cool. When, yeah. When talking informally and being less polite. What are your thoughts?
0: I think that's probably true. Like, I feel like if you were raised by an English-accented dad, you, yeah, you probably would have a ton of words like that that are, like, it, yeah, especially if it's, like, anything historical, like, maybe he would, like, default into that accent as opposed to, like, mm, barking orders or something or, like, like whatever else he would have learned from his, like, soldier-teacher yeah. counterparts. Yeah, I definitely think he has more of an American just overall. Not because he wasn't... I imagine him... with I mean, when I'm reading it, but that's probably just because it's through my lens. So I do imagine him with like a Ron Pearl mini sounding voice. But I do really love... That feels like a more like enriched kind of character thing to have him pronounce certain things in a British accent.
1: So yeah, I think that's... Or that, English I accent. think he's really correct on this, uh, uh, Brooke. I think because... I do think overall he probably his default is American. Yeah, because I just think because your biggest influence would have been a whole camp of people.
0: I do think about like any of my friends who are like f- they're the first generation to be born here, and their parents that have like immigrated here. A lot of times they'll just sound like the other students in their class or something like like yeah, you know, like I like any of my friends who have like you, um, Indian parents who like grew up in India until they were like. Twenty-five, like the their parents might still have that accent, but the kids usually don't. Mm-hmm. um That's that's just my only like real reference for it. But they're like he said, like you might bust out aluminium and not realize that that's even the way that it's pronounced. You know?
1: Yeah, I think that's what I think is fun about it. Is that's thinking, a really
0: fun interpretation. Of yeah,
1: it. I think it's a great interpretation, and it'd be fun to see that if they ever do another ad- adaptation of the movie. Yeah, or into a movie form. To maybe see a writer maybe play with that idea. Yeah. Of, cause like, I could see that being really fun that he's very, like, his American persona is also in in his American voice. Yeah. Then hits a thing occasionally that he says. And it might not even be fully called out, but just to like have it color the way he speaks. And I don't know, is that a thing I met? They don't, is that in any of the iterations in the movies? Not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, not his like accent,
0: I don't think. Like they never really delve into like why he sounds the way he does, even though he basically has a British dad.
1: Yeah, but I do think I you already you already hit this. I think being raised by someone with a different accent versus being integrated in an environment, I do think the environment will will most likely win out in influencing your own accent or your own mannerisms in a sense. Just
0: based on friends I know who have like his yeah. parents have immigrated here.
1: I think that that's the better. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. But again, yeah, I would love to. And now I'm just really want to see like if there's any of the movies that if there's somebody that has noticed that that is in there maybe a little bit or I would love to see as we keep pitching, uh, they should do the creators of Spider-Verse should make an animated Hellboy movie. Yeah. And they uh, should include that. They should play with that idea. It's a really
0: interesting part of his character that they don't really like that they don't really go into.
1: Yeah, they really have never touched
0: on. That's, I mean, I would have, I would be interested to ask, like maybe like the next guest we have, whose parents weren't born in America. I wonder if they would have any like input on that or something, or just like any like fun like anti- like anecdote of like, um, yeah, I be, like I basically have this up, but I say the, these things a certain way. Like I, I am curious of what the experience of somebody who's like lived that firsthand would be.
1: Yeah, that makes me think of, well, I have a friend in Ann named Anne that lives in Utah. Mm-hmm. She does not, she's she's like from the UK, she doesn't have an accent. Yeah. And I've never really asked, she did grow up a bit in Sa- Saudi like Arabia, because her father was like the dentist for like a high up, like in the Saudi family or something Whoa. crazy. So I think she might have not, she might have for a while didn't have, because she didn't live around. Do you know In when she UK? moved to the U.S.? I don't know her full story. Maybe I'm not even supposed to say. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret shit. Top secret dentist. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but I remember like meeting her and you were like, I, how, she tells she's from, like, yeah, you from the never U.K. i like, I would have never known.
0: But meanwhile, I, I worked for this doctor who was from like um, South Africa and only like a few words would come out like that where it was like. Wait, where? Uh, what was that? Like you kind of like like you I've, out of like politeness, of course, would never be like, "What'd you say?" So weird, but like, um, I think like a few people, I remember like a few like people who worked with him did end up mentioning it. Like, oh, that's interesting the way you say that. Are you where are you from? And I don't know, it came out a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that yeah, happen. Oh, it's such a cool thing to think about Yeah, just because we're so used to also reading it and not hearing it.
0: Yeah. That's really what it is. I'm yeah. I don't know.
1: Brooke, you got our fucking brains They all brains sound like going. me. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
1: they all sound like myself. They
0: all sound like the impressions I do on here. There you go.
1: <laughs> and then he, he continues because he has another question. He's all, also, what nationality, if any, does Hellboy identify as? I may be spo- I may be spoiling some future stories, but as I understand, he was born in Scotland, had an English mother, and was raised by an English adoptive father. But many consider him an American. I've personally always seen Hellboy as more British, due to due to his upbringing by Broom. Hmm. I don't know. Like that's an interesting thing, and I'm wondering also if he- here's my my initial response that or thought about that is. In his circumstance, does he even identify as either? Because, and hear me out, like, yes, he's being one he conjured up. So he was born in hell, conjured up in Scotland, right? But wasn't raised. Like, he was immediately transferred to American soil. Yeah. So he didn't really, from what I know, what we have not read yet, from what we've read, it assumes that he didn't spend any real time in the UK until older and started becoming an agent, Mm -hmm. right? So they kept him on American soil, so he probably it identifies there. But then I look at his actual—I can't remember what year it is off the top of my head—that when they make him an official American. Yeah. So America, Amer- like American government, officially gives him like
0: citizenship. Citizenship.
1: Yeah. So it's like, okay, do you identify with that? Then with your, but then you become this agent who sort of traverses the entire globe. Right. So being someone that doesn't like necessarily like nest, for lack of a better word, nest primarily in one location is yeah. constantly in a state of movement, other than like resting at the bureau. Yeah. And does even, he identify with anything in yeah. that sense? Because it's like I feel like Hellboy has it's like a multiple a passports here, and that only <laughs> that
0: that only like further highlights his feeling of being separate from humanity. Like he doesn't really have that to me he like never expresses like USA baby like he is never wearing an
1: American flag yeah
0: (laughs) I mean being on a military base but he's like when when he when he can help it he's like decidedly nonviolent. like yeah I think it, it just goes to like further emphasize that he's sort of doesn't belong anywhere but like just his feeling of separateness from the rest of the world
1: that's funny. Cause there is like a fun thing that we're talking about this in his own actions that sort of does illustrate his influence of, of separation? like separation. Did of I say separateness? Yeah. Separation. I, I, I got enough. it. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> There's like a thing that's interesting. His behavior that speaks to being from raised by a British man and also influenced by Americans. So when he goes into action in a situation, he does tend to not attack first, which Amer- is sort of like an American trait.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? To act first.
0: At least in pop culture, that's like, yeah. 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 I think
1: even historically, we're known.
0: Oh, yeah, to react. I think from Pearl, Harbor on, to-
1: from Pearl Harbor on, we are known to act first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We try to leave ourselves out of shit and then act. So now I'm, I'm confused with myself because Americans are known to like Leave themselves out, then attack really big after. But, yeah. like,
0: but, but although but like, the UK, like know British, <laughs> like
1: style, they sort of have more of like, and then again, it's pop culture I'm using. I'm using this as, as pop culture, and not full knowledge. Yeah. Historically, they some, seem to more be like, stand, like, not standoffish, but like, let's think this through before we act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we get that a little bit from Hellboy because when he first shows up, he's sort of like, smart as a detective investigates, but then when he's pushed to the point, he fucking is going to throw his right hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is the American side of it. Yeah. (laughs) This might be rereading way into it. This is purely
0: like, this is purely like how certain individual characters are portrayed on, in pop culture shit.
1: Yeah. I'm using very much pop culture rather than being, I am not a a man of the globe. (laughs)
0: Yeah. a historian or like, you know, yeah, but I don't know. he's making this shit up. <laughs> I, think, I think
1: what you said earlier, though, I would, I think, that he identifies with none of it because he struggles. I mean, especially where we meet him, he might, maybe we we see him as more of, like, trying to identify as an American.
0: I mean, it's hard enough for him to identify as human. human. so it's like, what? Like, he's caught between this world of, like, humans and, like, fae slash demonic creatures, and then he's caught between all of these different countries, too, and, like... Yeah, I think that's like an essential element of Hellboy is that he's like neither. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, cool to think about it. It's it is like, really cool to think really about the complexity a, of a that. Great question.
1: Wish we could interview him. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> I wonder if Mignol has ever been asked that because I've never come across that as a question. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, that is, is a good question
1: say. that we could ask Mignol if we ever get to ask. Yeah, and also Brooke, we, I mean, we when we meet him one day in this studio mm-hmm. <laughs> when he comes in when he comes in we'll ask him but yeah brooke i mean i i just want to just personally just thank you for these two questions because yeah. they really have got us thinking about i love stuff it that's, that's very like it's there it's present in the stories it might not be on the surface because it's not part of a plot it's not part of the tr- like the the characterization they choose to focus on but it is if you place them in the real world these are things that would probably at least be on somebody's mind or yeah. part of what makes them who they are. Yeah. So that's awesome. And you're from the UK yourself and we're two fucking Americans. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he closes out his email saying, sorry for the long email. This is, we've had much longer.
0: Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> everybody keeps apologizing. If you email us at all. Like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And don't apologize. <laughs> like you don't need to apologize for any aspect. Like you've, the fact that you've contributed to this show, like you are you're helping us with this and like yeah. t- having a discussion with us. Like we want to hear from everybody. Yeah, and
1: they're never they've never been too long. Send
0: us a long ass email. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, and if you send us one that we think is too long, we probably just won't read it on it. <laughs> but we've never we've yet had to that. do that. So <laughs> uh he's all, but just wanted to hear your your opinions on this from other Hellboy fans. Keep up the great work. I'm off to drink with skeletons, Aww. winky face, Josh. <laughs> thank uh, you. Yeah, Enjoy that drink with skeletons. Come back to the real world. Thank be you. Be safe. Be safe, okay? Yeah. With those skeletons. But thank you. Yeah. Kate, you're right. We should thank them all. Uh, the emails are really a- They're great. A big gem and highlight of doing For the show. For us, yeah. We love it. And any out there, please, your thoughts on anything, questions. We love questions like that. Yeah. Just to get us thinking, because- God, I'll probably, we'll probably stop recording. I'll keep thinking about those questions.
0: Yeah, that's really good.
1: <laughs> really two great questions yeah. that I never weirdly thought about until yeah. today. Um, you can, again, send your questions um, and your comments and feedback and email to our email at ah uh, crap by hellboypodcast at com. Yeah. that's all we have for oh boy email today in our other segments we're gonna once again take a quick little break right here really early when we return we're gonna jump right into the final chapter chapter five issue five of the dead bprd's the dead we love this story <laughs> can't wait to read it to completion <laughs> uh we'll be right back Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9, Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
0: Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yay! and we're checking out the fifth issue of the BPRD story, The Dead, which was written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, and edited by Scott Alley. This last one was published back in March 2005, and it's Gone crazy now. It's off the fucking yeah. rails. Like. Where,
1: where are we? We, we, we have, we, I mean, we got Daniel da- and Liz are yeah. still sort of, blood, sort of butting heads. Yeah. Uh, Johan is obsessed with these now these German ghosts running around and they're in the computer. Yeah. We got Johan and uh, Daimyo. They're kind of buddying up. They're sort of working as a team actually together. Oh, to Roger to, and Daimyo. Oh, sorry. yeah, yeah Roger yeah. and Daimyo. Thank you. They're working together, to trying to figure out what's wrong with Johan. Yeah. Then we got, I mean, That um, Gunter Guthrie is now Thought he was bringing About heaven Had I loved We we didn't mention This last episode But I loved When the The bulge came out Of his chest Yeah How he was like Terrified I love seeing a villain That thinks they're gonna Get like bliss And then The whole thing Just turns on Falls apart
0: immediately Yeah And he just got devastating
1: Fucking ripped apart Turned inside out So this seraphim fucking terrifying creature could come into our world i love it then we have kate corrigan who can't get hold of abe who's gone off to find out about his possible history and his past as cole and abe is now transfixed inside his old house with edith who he sees as his beautiful (laughs) wife but we know she's a fucking monster demon, guy davis you literally make pictures that terrify me. So
0: good. <laughs> so creepy. Everything looks like slimy and sharp. <laughs> yeah. Which is, speaking of the cover of chapter five, we have the seraphim creature. This like pointy, but also like bulging, undulating sort of like bug. Yeah. This like, it's like a larva with like... Creepy spider legs and like the uh, just awful, just and I, awful. And I love
1: how the wings are also flowing, so they almost look ectoplasmic. So it's like it's has that element of being very supernatural, even though they yes. they don't look like like in the real world, like physics wise, you're not looking at them and go like, oh, they're keeping them up by the air. It's just no. it's other I get worldly. a
0: jellyfish quality from yes. these. Like it feels like they're flow. Like if. You know, he's floating in the air, but it seems like something that is just kind of, like, floating around, like, ugh, gross. Ugh, so disgusting. And then we see Abe down here in the bottom part of the cover, the panel with a picture of Edith kind of, like, floating by, and a picture of what used to be, like, the guy that was, um, what the fuck's his name before? Cole? Um, yeah. Before before the creation of Abe Sapien kind of turned away. Like there's like neat little parts of like, um, subtle parts of, uh, the story in this cover. Everett Cole. Is that his name? God damn it. I, I Langdon, Langdon Everett Cole. Holy moly.
1: I'm very bad at names. I feel like I, every time we record and I don't do this, I should have like, uh, not i mean i use an ipad to read but i feel like i need to like have like a recall sheet yeah and i just never make that's it that's not a bad idea <laughs> i think maybe for
0: the you know it's good to know that after i'll build oh one. dude have, is it our one year when was our one year anniversary oh my we'll god Yo,
1: i mean we are currently we were recording this days before two we are i believe the 25th the 25th so this is because coming i won't Thursday, be here yeah you'll be out of town uh, people will listen to this and we'll be past our, our anniversary, but we are days Dave away. Dave was
0: like, do you want to go get pancakes on the 25th? I, I was like, God damn it. I'll be out of town. <laughs>
1: and I had it in the calendar. You were out of town. I just,
0: Ugh, Just exciting. Yeah. It's very we exciting. We will postpone pancakes though. Cause I love pancakes. Oh
1: yeah. We're going to do pancakes to celebrate one way or the Fuck other. Fuck yeah. It'll be belated. <laughs> yeah. But I will post on Thursday th- th- about it being nice, year. nice. I'll do something.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so- this
1: is me talking. In the in the
0: past, right now, <laughs> in the
1: future, about the in between.
0: <laughs> Everybody go make a chart with like little red string connecting all these dots. Uh, okay, anyway, <laughs> let's bust into this issue. Okay, so we have it opens up with Daimyo kind of scrambling, trying to get one of the BPRD agents' guns. He's trying to shoot this seraphim. It's not working. They're saying like the guns are probably broken because of the electric kind of explosion that was created by the doctor. Yeah. So they're like, what is that? Who knows? One of the six winged seraphim old Gunter was talking about maybe. So like Daimyo kind of like susses this out real quick. He's like, he thought he was opening this portal to heaven, but clearly we've got something else on our hands here. Yeah. Um,
1: I love the design of the next panel. That's so cool. The, the next, it just looks brilliant and terrifying. That math, like this head, it's that, looks like it looks like to me like uh what is the the pan that you do peach cobbler in when you can't, you go <laughs> on your cooking yeah uh
0: just like a just like a, a pie tin or something sto- Oh my god no what are they
1: called when you camp and it's uh huh? Oh, i'm i'm going to lose my mind and i have to look this up uh peach i'm l- literally looking up peach cobbler while core cuz it's like the camping i'm crazy
0: I gotta see this pan. What are they called?
1: Cast iron.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks like That's, cast iron. It
1: looks like fucking cast iron. Uh, and it's, oh. Yeah, it's it Dutch does. oven. It it's, like what, it's called a Dutch oven, what I was trying to get at. Yeah. When you go camping, you do Dutch oven, and it's a Dutch oven, uh, like an iron, cast iron Dutch oven. I knew
0: the Dutch oven. That it is a, a <laughs> you're laughing because you already know it's no, when you fart under the covers and then you cover your uh, partner's head so that they have to smell your fart. Yeah. That's are you what guys I... aware of that definition well, of Dutch it, oven? Yeah. I think now they, you uh, are. Now you are. But you do that when you're camping because you
1: eat shit from a Dutch oven like a peach cobbler, and then you Dutch oven them. I've never
0: used it as like an actual like thing to cook with or bake with. So
1: Um, it's what we would do all the time. Good to know. You do coals and that, but that's what it looks like. It looks like this. The seraphim has a cast iron face.
0: Yeah, and I love how it looks like. it, It looks like the seraphim is controlling this like fiery spear. Yes, but like without holding it, it's really like. It's also floating, and oh, it's just a really creepy creature. Doesn't look like an angel to me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they they gather everybody up because it's like this thing's about to fuck us up. They gather as many BPRD agents and like yeah, uh, they're all knocked out. They, they have to fucking uh, yeah. pick them up. They pick them up. They try to get them out of harm's way. Uh, the elevator's not working. Their shit's going fucking haywire. Uh, the thing Seraphim's not chasing them yet, but it's probably eating all those other BPRD agents. And meanwhile, we have Johan busting through those enormous, like, pieces of machinery as though they're oh, nothing.
1: What a h- amazing hero page for yeah. Johan. I love it. Hit, like, that quiet panel, and then kaboom! And then yeah. him just walking towards us. And
0: oh. And these are, like, things that... Roger couldn't even move. Like, Roger's so strong. So, like, you get the (laughs) idea that I guess the scientists, the, like, ghosts are helping to move these things, sort of like a poltergeisty kind of tossing them out of the way. And then, yeah, just a cool shot of Johan getting closer and closer and closer. Um, This portal's open. It's looking fucking bad. (laughs) Uh, Daimyo's just kind of watching this thing float around and sort of interact with the portal. And he's like, why don't you try it, Liz? It's like, this thing seems to like fire. Like it's controlling a spear of fire. So I don't think my fire powers are going to do anything. I have a
1: question for you right now on yeah. this page. So right now, I we, we've we talked, we sort of get the feeling that Gunter had been like ripped apart, right? Do you think somewhat of Gunter's consciousness is in this seraphim form at all because of
0: it's know. still
1: going for the portal and that was his initial plan? Well, I think,
0: I think that... Whatever this thing is was probably influencing Gunter to okay. open the portal. Like in the same way that maybe like the ghosts are influencing Johan, where it's like not quite a possession, but it's like driving you're like a tool to fulfill my wants. Like right. like the seraphim's probably like, I want this portal to be open. I'm gonna find this human conduit to do it. Makes sense. In my in my mind. So, like, now the Seraphim's focusing on that portal because it was the Seraphim kind of all along guiding him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also insane and was, like, drawn to it, but maybe it's, like, you're drawn in the same way that, like, Agju Jahad drew Rasputin, where it's, like, yeah. you're compelled, but you're sort of under my influence, and you think that you're obsessed with it, and it's just your obsession, and maybe it started out with, with him being, like, obsessed with Ragnarok and the End of the World, but, like, it definitely, at some point, it's... You got to understand that these human beings are just like pawns, right? Tools to for these greater beings to kind of enter this world. It's cool,
1: great, love, yeah.
0: it. yeah. And he's creepy as shit. He's got his cast iron face looking at you, little like <laughs> buggy feely kind of, ugh, just little gross appendages sticking out. Yeah. Such a nasty creature. Yeah, the love long
1: it. legs even add to the, how yeah. Like, nasty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's like bulbous and weird and fat, but it's also like got these spindly little razor legs. I hate it. <laughs> um, and then Johan comes out, he's talking a mile a minute in German, uh, English Johan, English. And then just an explosion. This thing has found them. Everything is just blowing up, like literally. It
1: uses the spear and just lights up a bunch of fucking
0: just incinerates some fucking ages. Yeah. Whoa. And Daimyo's just like. Ripping into boxes, trying to find a gun, essentially. Johan, meanwhile, is, like, plugging away, opening up these, like, contraptions. He's using the, like, pack that he's made to interact with some of the machinery that's down here. Which, like, previously he's made notes to himself saying, I don't know what this is. The engineers are going to have to check it out. Mm -hmm. So, like, clearly he's, like, talking a mile a minute in German, interacting with this machine in a way that's, like, really deftly. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, so it's like, yeah, these scientists are like influencing him to do this and like telling him exactly what to do. Yeah. And meanwhile, Daimyo runs into the little monkey baby, <laughs> Yeah. um, in a jar down there. That looks <laughs> pretty <it>. bad. Um, <laughs> do not something probably don't touch this thing, uh, is on a label outside of the glass jar containing this creature. Um, <laughs> Looks bad. Roger jumps up and just gives it a good old smack with a stick that he found. (laughs) Come on, you ugly freak. (laughs) So they're just kind of fighting, trying to like distract. This reminds me of the game so much, or I guess the game reminds me of this comic so much. It's like, oh, now everything is going off like we have work to do.
1: Yeah. Just got to stay on task and Mm -hmm. keep going.
0: And then Johan's just uh, operating this machinery the thing, Seraphim becomes distracted and kind of follows Johan doing that because he's like typing and making something happen. Like this part of the room is sort of crackling and and some sort of energy is emitting from this huge piece of machinery. We see like Johan really small there floating with his little backpack.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it, it looks like he is attached to the ceiling through the wires. Yeah, yeah. And I love that he's just suspended while doing this
0: (laughs) yeah man it's crazy i like yeah the and the seraphim seems to notice he like floats back off uh liz and uh roger exchange a look and as the seraphim approaches johan and this energy that's sort of seeping out johan's like yeah so i know that means yes that's good (laughs) um and this like energy kind of surrounds the seraphim and feel like daimyo he's picking up this jar he's, I feel just holding, like on he's holding on to it he's holding on to it it seems to be of interest to him so i wonder if he is aware of maybe what it is or something yeah, it's a um, curious choice it was implied that he knows something about monsters so yeah. maybe he does maybe he doesn't i don't know and then a huge explosion roger and liz take cover In the fallout, it's just like rubble and fire and the sprinklers go off. All of that stuff is just gone. What happened? And then Gunter emerges from the rubble and he looks like a little California raisin version of himself. He's like stripped of his skin, apparently. Like he looks like he's been either super badly burned or he's just whatever's left of him after being... Um, you know, see,
1: that's why I think open other evidence of like, I think he might be that creature. Oh,
0: that he like he, turned he, into yeah, that it, creature. It's in a
1: grotesque way. So it throws us off to think that well, like
0: he was still like incorporated inside. Yes, of. Yes.
1: Like it's, it's like him and that thing are one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different form. Cause that's why the portal that seems right. And then hit now his form still back at this last moment. Yeah. That's my only, Putting those clues together. But again, I mean, I like being in that place where it's not, that's not over explained. It's just like, I'm experiencing along with these characters like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, he was ripped apart. (laughs) He was
0: this big monster. Now he's back and he's all fucking red and wilted. Calling them devils, (laughs) Satanists, it's not over. And then he collapses right next to Johan's suit. Johan must have some sort of explanation for this, I hope and while they're saying that the <laughs> like hands of the scientists start to emerge from his chest and they kind of float off seemingly a little bit more slowly and peacefully yeah. this time like they're not like blasting out like they were of the of the machinery that they came out of earlier
1: yeah like they feel like they're exiting actually the building yeah. like the premises versus it's like we did our job yeah
0: and they're sort of just collecting themselves now johann explains that they were engineers and physicists like germans who were good scientists like good people, basically scientists who worked here mm-hmm. and uh, with Dr. Ice before he killed them. And they remained here and calculated how to stop him, but they needed hands to do it. So in the same way that ice was used as this kind of tool for the seraphim, Johan was used by the scientists to fight it. So that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And then
1: I think there is confirmation in here about this. I know that uh, it, it, which is really interesting because he says, has become a, a living gateway into his yeah. nightmare heaven through which one creature might pass into the into the, our world. The next move, my friend said, was to expand that portal using all living tissue as building material. Ugh. A living dimensional portal. So is Gun- Gunter, is he still like that? So I think that is, he is one in the same of the portal and the monster, which is a fascinating, just like take on this character or mm. like monster.
0: And basic and destroy our world, basically. Destroy all living tissue. So like any thing living on the very similar to worm busted through with a creature. It's pretty gnarly. And uh, he just had delusions of it being heaven versus destruction. mm -hmm. Very weird. Living dimensional portal. So is Gunter is he still like that? And as they're saying it, Daimyo goes over and blasts his fucking skull into (laughs) like oatmeal. Just to be sure. So, like, if anybody's obsessed with guns and this shit, it's fucking, like, Daimyo, basically. he's yeah. He's been looking for a gun this whole time. <laughs> they give him the gun, not mm, Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he just, like, fucking shoots his fucking head off, he's, which is just nasty.
1: Which is, again, another characterization now. We just know, like, he will he's finish a soldier. the job. He's yes. a soldier,
0: yeah. He's going to be efficient, and if that means killing something or someone, he's going to do that. He's not going to hesitate. Yeah. And... Yeah, well, that's
1: the conclusion of that that part that's, of the story. Yeah, it's like, well, we did <laughs> it. Wow.
0: Now, where were we? Oh, yeah, frogs. <laughs> like, frog.
1: Yeah, like actually, like, do they clean right. this all the up work. and then get back to it? Oh Jesus. My god!
0: Yeah. Then in uh, in bad Rhode bad moving Island, day. By the way, dude, bad for moving real. day. <laughs> Can't just give your friends a pizza to help you with that. Uh, Little Port, Rhode Island. The house is standing barely. It's really. The storm did a number on it. It looks like really bad. Oh, yeah. Edith is telling him uh, the storm's over. And then Abe slash Langdon is pointing towards something. What is that? What is that? It's covered. Uh, You don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. He knows what's behind it before he even he like touches it and he knows it's a mirror and he knows what he'll see when he unveils it.
1: Yeah, because he's looking. He's 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 in a Langdon form right now, mm-hmm. going through this. Yeah, he's
0: like, I'll know the truth. He can't live in a dream. These kind of aren't his memories. You know, yeah, this was not. your life. I don't remember it. She she's like desperate to kind of have that back. She's like, it turned like what turns out. You know, I wasn't sure hundred percent throughout reading this that this was truly Edith. Like, I was like, maybe this is some other creature. Using her, For something sure. taking her form, but it seems like yeah, this is just like the uh, waterlogged, fucked up version, dead corpse of Edith. She's that jumped I mean, into the sea.
1: Traditional like life and death sort of scenarios like this, you're not able to move on. Yeah, she went mad. I mean, Langdon neglected her, left her. Yeah. He died and disappeared. She's just happy to have, like,
0: any version of her husband back. She's like, so she's desperate to hang on to it. But But Abe is telling her, like, this is a lie. This isn't real. You're trapped in a lie. I don't want the truth. And then he reveals the mirror in which she sees the skeletal version of herself. Her death. And then we see in outside of the illusion that she's just looking outside into the world. My um, love the world is beautiful. And then she sort of kind of like disincorporates and like floats off, sun shining down on her. You know, she's like, think of me, goodbye. So she's able to to have closure and say goodbye to her husband who she otherwise had never been able to do that to. Like he just vanished and there was nothing she could do. She like didn't know yeah. where he was or anything. So Edith, How- uh, Edith Howard, Edith Call, my wife, and the picture of her on the bottom with like a little little edge of sunshine on it, which is cool. Like this coloring is really great. Yeah. I like, I love the use of light as like a revealing thing as like information coming to light kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's see- leaving
1: her and also leaving her in darkness, which is almost also representation of her death of being able to yeah, pass on. She's
0: gone. And now, and now like, that's like the fraction of the story that Abe knows, you know, he's still like, he's kind of like uncovered this little part of this yeah. picture, but he doesn't have the full picture yet. Basically I love in that. my mind is what it is. What I see there. And that's the end. That's, that that's is the it. end of the dead. I have to say rereading this again
1: today. And when rereading it before this ending with her gives me chills. Yeah. It's such a perfect little,
0: it's really nice. It's like strange and weird and like still leaves so many questions and for, like for Abe, but it's like a little heartfelt story where he's kind of confronted with this like tempting thing of like, should I just succumb to this like nice illusion or should I still try to figure out what's going on? Yeah, very much. Yeah. And he, in his
1: ability to break out of that and not stay in that, that, in a sense, like a purgatory state of either life or death, not moving one way or the other. Yeah his ability to choose back into life allows Edith in a sense to choose death and move finally move on. Yeah. It's very poetic and beautiful. And it's also, and again, it's just like a now moving more, another chapter forward, as you said with the light into revealing more of our Abe, his whole origin. Cause I don't think, I love that these last two have not fully given us the full story of Abe. They just keep giving us enough of him along the way. Yeah. It's just these little, it's like they feel both, both reveals of him having to deal with who he is in the last two storylines have been big swings, but they're the smallest little slivers of his story. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> and, I mean, God damn. Uh, any favorite panels or final thoughts about any of this? The, 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 de- the dead.
0: I really like her, like the, blue skeleton in the, this, like, black reflection when Edith reveals that. because mm-hmm. it's, like, right there. Like, I like that whole panel. I like the character design of the seraphim a lot. I like kind of the, like, serpentine sort of way that it moves. Like, it's mm-hmm. cool that he was able to, like, convey how how this thing floats and moves. It. It's, like, very specific to this creature, and it's just gross and cool.
1: Yeah, I I, I want to just... Add to that, I think Guy Davis continually has also shown that in the choices he makes in what frames he's choosing to show us, mm-hmm. he conveys so much in the posture that he puts every yeah. character. Yeah, and this, that goes the physicality that of his
0: characters really comes across in a in a great way. Yeah, he's so good at that. You you
1: you feel their weight. You feel yeah. their mo their motion and how none of them move the same. It's
0: quite They're brilliant. All very distinct. Yeah. What about you? Uh, faves?, uh, wow. Well, you liked Johan walking forward. I think that
1: on um, I think that's just such a cool it's that really cool page. and I just think it's so kinetic and it just like again, a hero shot for Johan. totally. who we've seen is like somebody before this story has a great gift, has been given a great gift in his tragedy, right? Yeah, but he's sort of been presented as a passive sort of player, right? in a sense but now we finally get to see Johan in the end of the, of the dead really with the help of these other ghosts, take fucking full action to be the hero and and save the day yeah and that's such a cool step for Johan to be in that he's no longer in this being such a passive player and i love yeah. that and i think that is the moment it is It's just like he's in, he just takes charge and he just moves forward to defeat this fucking thing and i love that <laughs> it's quite brilliant um there's so much uh, i mean i don't know i love i just love this mirror shot of abe saying the truth in the mirror because yeah. i think that's also another step to him like even though he's unraveling his past it's him also going i'm going forward to learn about my past yeah but i'm in acceptance right now of who i am yeah you know what I mean? And he's making that acceptance and that allows him to go forward and discovering more of who his past was, but also holding on to who he is. Yeah. Not forgetting it either, that he is who he is.
0: Right, like I'm not this I'm person. Not, I'm, I'm not, not who Cole. you want I'm me to find be. I'm out who Cole is, but I am yeah. this. Yeah. I love that. I'm a separate thing. And
1: I think that one panel of him saying the truth. And I just think Guy Davis, I love Mignola's design and his creation of Abe, but there's something that's growing on me with Guy Davis is really... Perfect characterization in his style with Abe is almost becoming my go-to when I think of Abe. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas Hellboy is like all Mignola in my mind. Now Abe is like almost
0: assigning it Guy Davis. Yeah. It's very. It's been a while since we haven't seen a version, like a Mignola version of Abe
1: yeah totally and I think just story wise I I love that we're left with a lot of questions with the dead it just has opened up so much with the discovery of all these other creatures and possibly villains yeah as you called them the rogue gallery for hell uh, for the BPRD and then just the idea of like there's still being mystery for a there's still mystery of like the continuation of like how after this big event how do the chips fall how does this team continue to work with each other Why the fuck does Daimyo hold on to that fucking jar? Like that's curious because that's also a big question mark of like they moved to this place because they thought it was supposed to be empty and convenient. But it has all these fucking, with lack of better word, skeletons in the closet.
0: And like, is Daimyo telling the truth? Like, is he like, what? That that wasn't on the blueprints. But does he think, you know, was it? Yeah, exactly. We How don't, did, what, we don't really know, know what he it. does now. Yeah. We're sort of in the same place as Liz where it's like you I, like, OK, like we seem to be working together. OK, but I still don't know you like we still don't know you yet. So yeah. I'm interested to see if he has any like ulterior motives or what. He doesn't seem to. He seems to be just a, a good guy. But like, but he
1: has some action like that, especially that last shot of him holding that fucking like so you're keeping something a jar. Back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's very it's cool. interesting. I I it.
1: love, I'm loving all the development of all these characters. And I can't, yeah, I think I cut you off saying, but I can't wait to see what's oh, coming no. next. Yeah. Like that. And I love that this is coinciding with Hellboy on a personal journey. Yeah. And then this shit's hitting the fan Hellboy's like here. finding himself
0: right
1: now. <laughs> yeah. He's out being a journeyman <laughs> and they're being... They're doing the job, the work, the hard, like, yeah, they're being blue collar still. Stuff and that he
0: could probably really help with, like the spread <laughs> of frogs. Yeah.
1: Like if they resent him later on, I'll be like, I get it a little yeah. bit.
0: <laughs> I, love <laughs> um,
1: a I love it. I don't know. Dialogue wise. Is there anything that stood out? I just love how poetic the end is in general with. Cole and Edith, a lot of cool stuff in here. I think Roger's still really shining. Is really funny. I love when he asks uh, Liz, do we really need guns? We have you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I love it. He's like, that thing already uses fire. Doesn't seem like I'd be much help. Like, again, yeah. great team dynamic in the dialogue overall. I oh, just cool. It is very cool. I'm excited for the future. We'd love to hear from all of you listening, your thoughts and the conclusion of The Dead, part five chapter five we would love to hear your thoughts so please email us at ah by hellboy podcast at gmail.com we're really excited we want to hear your thoughts on the introduction of daimyo yeah the dynamic that's going on in these characters where were you maybe let us know where you were when you first read this and this journey for abe sabian like that's a fun place to be of like not oh, that's knowing that's to come. i guess
0: i haven't really thought about that too much yeah like, 2005 i would be a junior in high school
1: yeah, I would have been I always. should have
0: been reading this. I probably would have loved I it. I should have been
1: reading it too. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs>
1: insane that we have not. Crazy. Until now. But it's great. But um now that we've come to the the culmination of this storyline, let's is there anything that the dead inspires Kate um, to offer up to our listeners to read, watch, or enjoy as a suggestion?
0: Um I do think about the fly a little bit. I'm sure you guys have all seen The Fly. Fly's if you awesome. haven't seen it. Then watch it. Go out of your way.
1: It's yeah, definitely worth it's it.
0: So good. Cronenberg. Gross. Uh, yeah. David Cronenberg
1: did the fly right. It's good stuff. It's very good. The look of the movie is like so dark and perfect. I love Yeah, it's nasty. It's a very good
0: one. Yeah, I the like eight, that. The eighty-six one. Um. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Uh, I have
1: a couple of things. I think The Shining comes to mind. I just think like manipulation by ghosts. This one ha- yeah, ends yeah. up being on the other s- Oh, another one that comes to mind as I say that because I like The Shining is like being manipulated by ghosts, which I love, and it's a classic. If you've never seen it, see it. If you've seen it, watch it again. I think it's, it holds up. But then another one I like that it's a little underrated, The Others... Which I think is fascinating. Do you ever see the others with Nicole, Nicole Kidman? Kidman? Yeah. I think it's such a fun little like reveal that like, because you're weird at that point, you're so used to like ghosts having all evil art alternative motives. Yeah. And that one is like a flip where it's more of like,
0: yeah, you don't want to spoil. You don't, yeah, I guess you don't it's been out for many years. And there's other
1: probably examples I'm not thinking of that have that. But I do love a little flip on an, an alter, a ghost. Similar to I like did devil's, like that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the devil's backbone where the like ghost ends up being not bad. Yeah. It ends up being a different take on that. Yeah. And that's sort of what's going on here. I love that the, the German ghosts are actually on the good side and attempting to help yeah. Johan and they our They look kind of scary. The other one... I was going to say, it's a comic book. I'm going to spoil something, but not spoil, just to get you guys why. If you haven't read this, it'll be a slight spoiler hinting at that. Rick Remender's X-Force, I think, is one of the greatest fucking X-Men runs. X-Force, of course, but like in the world of X-Men and Marvel. And it kicks off. um, And why I say this is, it, it reminds me of like when... Daniel's just lack of like sympathy for that monster and just shooting it. Yeah. It's very similar in the first issue. The X-Force is sent out, because in, in this they're like black ops for the X-Men and they're sent out to do the dirty work. In that, they go sent off because uh Apocalypse is being reborn, and they get up to where they're going to assassinate Apocalypse only to find that it's a child. Oh. And one of the best characters ever, um, which is I'm blanking on it, um, Oh, my God. What's the mutant Grant Morrison created? What is his name? Did you ever read New X-Men? No, no. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I can't think. Phantom X. Oh, cool. So this character named Phantom X is part of X-Force as well. And when they get down and they realize that Apocalypse is being reborn as a child and it's not like who they're used to facing, yeah. they all start to have a debate about it. And then Phantom X just fucking t- offs it. Man, But there's more to that than I'm gonna say now. Yeah. But that just reminds me of the that run. Right. The art is perfect. There is just brilliant writing in all of it. Rick Remender's a brilliant writer of course of comics. Awesome. And I think that's one of the greatest. I have the omnibus because I love it so much. It's just perfect. Everybody should read that X Force run by Rick Remender. Nice. Um, that's what it just made me think of because of that Daimyo's just just quickness to act. Yeah. I love it. Um, Those are my suggestions. That's what I got for now. Cool. If you got any for us, let us know. And as promised to Drew Campbell in the email he sent us, we watched the Hellboy, the Troll Witch animated short that he sent over. Um, it just real quick. I want to get some information about the short made. It was published back on July 19th, 2018. It's based on the short story by Mike Mignol, the troll, Witch, adapted and animated by Eric Stafford starring Trisha Brio and Harry Jack. Jaskin, music by Dan Cressa, sound design and mix by Shane Watson, Marshall Watson. Music you guys can check it out. Um, there's a easily you could just go, uh, Google search or go to YouTube and search Hellboy, the Troll Witch animated shorts. You'll quickly find it. Apparently, you can get hold of the animator um, at, at on Facebook at Eric himself, Twitter Eric underscore himself and Instagram, Eric Holden Stafford. I'm pulling this directly off of YouTube. It's not like I'm just giving somebody's information, <laughs> yeah. but we liked it. Dude, it was really cool. Um, especially sort of like in a sense a fan made animation. It was very well done.
0: Yeah. I've And I felt like everything about it, like the visually, it's like different from the comic enough. It's like, and I was saying as we were watching, it, I was like, this semi reminds me of like a, Dark All of the Other Reindeer, which is like a, like Matt Growning, like movie mm-hmm. about a little dog who wants to be, who wants to help Santa. Oh
1: really? He wants yeah. to be a reindeer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, uh, but like o- only in like sort of like certain, like, I, I don't know very much about this kind of animation or like what program this would be or, or anything like that, but it was like, it just like looked really smooth and kind of like stylized in Eric's own way but still like true to the comics and like the kind of like color motifs and stuff like that
1: for sure and he put his own touches on it yeah I mean he made when his sister's head gets ripped off he made it very bloody which yeah it was, I was like oh quick. my
0: god <laughs> which I guess it would have been like it probably would have been you know the troll would have run up and be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> it was
1: very bloody, very funny. She smashed. My only part I didn't like was that the troll, which smashed a frog, and I was like, "Why oh, is people <laughs> mean to
0: that frog?" <laughs> she's just in a she's in a bad headspace. She's talking about her sister.
1: Yeah, true. She's you know she's gone through a lot. And right even
0: through. like the sound and everything, I thought was great. Like, I agree. The sound re- editing of it, like fire crackling and uh, like the cool sort of like um, kaleidoscope sort of effects of like when she's telling the story of the witch and stuff.
1: Yes. That it it was really neat. Visually moved the story in a visual, visually entertaining and uh, flowed very well. Totally. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the ma- the wife. Do you remember this? My only question is cause I know we've listened to the troll, witch just very shortly, but we're recording this sort of not congruent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when we're watching this short, um, did the troll witch,
0: did she, did her husband say she wanted a daughter? I don't remember. I think the husband mentioned. Yeah, that was the only all. addition
1: I thought was a little, because I think in the book it was more of just the woman wanting another child. Yeah, she
0: was like, oh, this worked once and I'm going to do it again. Maybe just for in like the animator's mind, like maybe he thought, oh, this would be a compelling, like a kind of believable, compelling way to make it so that like. Oh, this lady was warned by a witch. But so, like, why would she keep going to do it? So, like, I don't husbands are decision but it is different yeah it's just different that's all i guess like in the whatever like you know year that this was like i think that it's a believable reason that if like a husband was like i want a boy then you would kind of have to go along for the ride basically if you're uh,
1: unfortunately in that
0: time you know uh, whatever like you'd be like okay i have to listen (laughs) all right i'll have another one yeah (laughs) well okay yeah. Let me eat this weed. But that was great. Yeah, I thought it was awesome.
1: Thanks you thanks to Drew for sharing them yeah. with us. We really appreciate it. Do you guys have any other animated things that people have created that are in the realm of Hellboy or the BPRD? Yeah. We'd love to watch them.
0: There's like super creative fans for Hellboy. Like I always see particularly like on Facebook and stuff, people's crazy awesome cosplay. Yeah. And like, you know, just Making a lot of it like homemade, right hand of doom and stuff like that. Like, it's really cool. But yeah, something like this is really, really great to see. You know, people putting in all this work into something that they they already love it so much, and you can kind of, you can totally see that and tell like how well this is done. That they just freaking love Hellboy. It's awesome.
1: It is very cool. Yeah, put a lot of time and care into it. Yeah, which goes a long way. Totally. Um, But you can also follow us on Instagram at AwCrapHellboyPodcast, Twitter AwCrapHellboy, and please subscribe, rate, and review um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts if they give you that option to rate and review. And on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star rating and um, in the review, it starts with the word boom, we will read your review and praise you right here on the podcast. And we love doing that. So please give us some more reviews. We love it. Yeah. Um, we're going to close off this journey with the D- BPRD dead with one more hashtag <laughs> right hand a draw.
0: Yeah. What is it? Kate. Okay. So I was thinking of like, um, like Damio's, um, sort of like a first year in the military. Like if he was like, I guess him as like a little freshman baby, like recruit. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I love the specificity of it. Yeah. Like him, him joining the military, basically. I guess the Marines, you're a Marine if you come and become a Green Beret. So like
1: D'Aimio's early days in the Marines. Yeah. His early days. I love it. A young D'Aimio. I love that. Before he died and, and was resurrected?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, way, like when he was like a little baby. <laughs> when he was like green.
1: I love it. Green daimyo. I love it. Remember, folks, we love your drawings so much that we want to be able to find them quickly. So if you do do a drawing for this right-handed draw or any previously um, right Hand of Draw Please Tag us on Instagram Use the hashtag Right Hand of Draw So that we can Repost it on our feed Which will ensure Our our viewers And followers To look at that art Therefore hopefully We want them To follow you And see more of your art yeah. Make you famous Make you a rich <laughs> artist Were you still looking up The Marines Or the like I
0: think it, Yeah I think you're A, I think a Green is Beret Is Ill, yeah. like a segment Of the Marines Yeah
1: they're like yeah great yeah. young Damio can't wait to see all your drawings we really appreciate your emails we appreciate all of the um, reviews that we've seen um, thank you for listening we, we cannot we'll continue to always thank you guys for listening and making this a show that we love to do again I'm going to repeat myself thank you for listening and remember love you Um, at, at, at time of, no. (laughs) Did you know that you're a big fan of Baywatch? Well, you will be after you hear our show. Baywatch watch. I'm Ryan Ray-Bans Count's house. I'm Zach Zerf's up. Olsen.
0: I'm Heather Heatwave Higginbotham.
1: New episodes every Friday on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Get Get wet. wet.
0: We're going to get soaked.
1: Campfire.